Today, I'm talking to Courtney Capito, wife to U.S. Olympic water polo player Luca Capito. Born in Italy, Luca came to the U.S. to finish high school and play for the University of California, Berkeley. After graduation, Luca competed with Team USA in the Rio Olympics, then again in the Tokyo Olympics, and is gearing up for his third Olympic Games this summer in Paris. In between the Olympics, Luca balances a 9-to-5 job while playing for various international water polo teams. Courtney and I discuss the common ground she and Luca share as collegiate athletes, why water polo players wear such tiny swimsuits, and the joys and challenges of not knowing what the future brings, including what country they'll live in next. Join me in going behind the scenes with Courtney Cupido. Hey everyone, this is Emily Haran, and today we are going behind the scenes with Courtney Cupido. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, thank you. Nice to chat. I am so excited to have you to talk about all things being a water polo wife. Why don't we kind of start off there and why don't you introduce to us who your husband, Luca Cupido, is? So my husband, Luca Cupido, he is from Italy. He was born and raised there and moved to the U.S. Uh, for his senior year of high school. He went to Newport Harbor High School, and it was a nice opportunity for him to be able to get recruited to play in college, but also work on English because he wanted to go to university and Italian is his first language. And he's been playing on Team USA for a long time. All throughout college, we both went to Cal Berkeley, which is where we met. But um, so yeah, he has been playing water polo for Team USA and his first Olympics was in 2016 for the Rio Olympics. Oh my gosh, that's so young. Did he know like that he was going to have an opportunity to keep going or like how did that happen? Yeah, he decided he was going to train for the Tokyo Olympics. And that would be kind of his last go at the Olympics. And as we all know, COVID happened and things definitely changed with that. He had a job for after the Tokyo Olympics where he Mm. was going to be working in Los Angeles for Bank of America doing investment banking. And that was supposed to take place right after the Tokyo Olympics. But with everything getting pushed out a year, he started working and he kind of had to put his training on hold which was definitely, he was a little bit worried. Was he going to be able to now do the Tokyo Olympics? And it was really amazing. Bank of America said that he could take six months off to really focus and train for Tokyo. Oh, wow. But yeah, which was so amazing of them. And he could come back to his job after the Tokyo Olympics. So he trained really hard for six months to then go to the Tokyo Olympics. And that was his second Olympics. And there was no spectators allowed at that. So it wasn't, I mean, it was it was absolutely amazing, but he was still super fortunate that he had the Rio Olympic yeah. experience. And Luca was thinking just because there was only three years between this next Olympics rather than four, it was kind of a unique opportunity for him to do the investment banking one more year. And then we could go live abroad for two years and he could play on different professional teams in Europe to train, because um, that's how it works for water polo. I think maybe a bit differently than some other sports is, if they're not in college, they go live and play on professional teams in Europe. Oh, wow. Yeah, so a pretty amazing experience. So he's yeah. definitely doesn't have the normal 27-year-old 
type of job, <laughs> um, bouncing around and he has to balance his time between Team USA and this team in Sicily, which is really unique because they have different qualifications oh. for different things. So right now he is in Croatia with um, Team USA. So wow. he wow. just gets to go all over. His passport has many different stamps yeah. in it. Yeah, that is so interesting. I never would have expected that. So let's step back. So when did you and Luca meet in college? So we definitely always kind of knew who each other were just because the athlete community, Cal's a very large school. And I feel like all the athletes kind of stick together there. You have tutoring with each other. You go to different social events with each other. Mm. Um, You see each other in different study areas that are just for athletes, which is really lovely. It makes the school feel a bit more manageable in terms of size, I think. Totally. And we, so we actually met, apparently, I, I don't exactly remember this all the way, but we met <laughs> his first night of, of college. He is a year younger than me. So I was a sophomore and he was a freshman. And I guess he was, you know, trying to talk to me, but I was dating someone else at the time. So I wasn't really interested. And then a couple of years later, it was summer going into my senior year and summer going okay. into his junior year. I kind of was noticing that he was, you know, social media is a unique thing that we didn't always have. <laughs> And he was liking my photos and I was like, who's this guy? And and I kind of knew who he was and everything, but I was looking through his pictures like, oh, he is so cute. And it looks like he's from Italy. That's so cool. He sounds really interesting and he's a great athlete. He must be really smart if he's, you know, also this is his second language and he's going to school here. It's a hard school. And, and then I didn't do anything. I didn't. him or anything and I was talking to my friends about it a couple nights before I was like maybe this guy will be my next boyfriend he is so cute and so he's like kind of on my radar and then out of nowhere he messaged me on Facebook and he's like hey how's your summer going and I was like I told my friends I was like I didn't reach out I'm serious like he just reached out to me and was like just started chatting and we just really started chatting that whole summer and we started facetiming more and i spent that summer at school doing an internship and he was traveling and prepping for the rio olympics that were taking place in like a month and a half so that's really when we started talking was like right before the rio olympics and um so actually my first ever watching water polo game was his first game in the olympics which is really amazing and set the bar high. Wow. So you you guys started getting to know each other kind of in the, the beginning of the uptick of his career, it sounds like. Yes. That is wild. And okay, so your first water polo match watch is at the Olympics. Did you have any idea the rules or like how to see if the game was going well other than score? No. And to be honest, I still have a hard time like understanding the rules. I don't, to be honest, I don't know if I fully can grasp all the different rules and because it's hard because they're playing under the water and some things look a little bit sassy, but then they do some of those moves like in soccer where they, you know, throw a little drama in to make it look like they get hit more than they did. So it's, it's kind of hard to tell, but in a way it's, It's similar to lacrosse, like how they set up and Mm. the ball movement and like faking to shoot and things like that. But 
it's a pretty crazy sport. I didn't realize that they were like treading water the whole time, the whole like during time out and stuff, which is crazy. Yeah. So they're treading water the whole time, throwing balls around, also getting elbowed and like kicked a little bit. So it's 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 definitely a more brutal sport that I think most people realize from the outside. Is that fair to say? Oh yes. And just the level, yes, it's so brutal, but also the level of athleticism that you have to be able to swim back and forth so quickly. And then your break is treading water. Like I just, that to me, it feels like a workout. So I, I think it's crazy. He's casually at the 2016 Olympics. You're watching this really chaotic looking water sport. And then after the Olympics, he comes back and you guys, presumably start dating how how did you you're going into your senior year he's just coming off of the olympics how did the two of you talk about how you were gonna make this work as a relationship that seems like two very intense periods in your lives (laughs) yes yeah you know i've been in other relationships and i i didn't 100 percent know what to expect like for he's a year younger he's gonna be in college year longer than me I don't know where I'm going to go have a job after I graduate. Am I going to go back to Denver? Am I going to stay in San Francisco? So I think it started out just, I was just kind of going with it day by day. And I just really had so much trust in him and enjoyed my time with him. And I think once it kind of came to maybe like second semester, I really decided that I wanted to get a job in San Francisco and moved to San Francisco. And it's, I mean, if you take the train, it's like 20 minutes from Berkeley. So it's yeah. really close. It wasn't going to be too much of a, you know, a, t- a tough time or anything like that. And I feel like we transitioned into that really well. And if anything, I think it was actually super fun because we got to spend more time in the city. And mm. for me, I still got to spend time in Berkeley and a lot of my friends that also graduated and living in the city, we always still wanted to go for game days back to yeah. Berkeley. So it was actually really fun. We got to have this college but city living experience yeah. the best of both worlds and I'd say definitely the harder part was oh what year was it I think it was maybe 2015 we ha- kind of had a long talk about if he was going to do the Tokyo Olympics and mm. and I really thought it was something he should do because you're going to work the rest of your life and yeah. enjoy playing this sport that you've worked your whole life on and that it has so much meaning to you. And in order for him to do that, he had to actually go move to Italy for about six months. And I was going to be still back in San Francisco working. And so that was really, it definitely had no questions about our relationship and being together. It was just more of okay, well, when are we going to get to see each other? And when are we going to get to talk? Because the time difference and I was at work during a lot of the time he was awake. So it was kind of, it just took a little bit of an adjustment, but I would say particularly to him, he has the best communication skills ever. (laughs) Even in the US, he calls his parents every day. He just, he really prioritizes his loved ones. I always know he's going to be a very good communicator with me. So really helped with that. 
yeah, that keeps you from having to worry a little bit. And like, he's already been to the Olympics and then knowing you have about like this six month break where he's going to go to Italy to train and you're kind of like, okay, I know this is going to be fine, but were there moments when you were like, how, like, how is this actually going to work? Like how long does water polo last for him? Cause it could be through Tokyo. It could actually go further. How did you start to think about what the long-term picture of that might look like? That's a really good question. I, I think I was always like, you know, what do you want to do long-term? And I'm definitely very supportive of whatever his goals are mm-hmm. and everything. And I, I do feel like he, one of the things is that he would always still want to be involved with the sport in one way or another. And mm-hmm. one thing too is that he's definitely noticed too, is your body changes as yeah. as you age and you get a little more sore and he's still very young, but not everyone's body ages the, the same, same way. Yeah. And it's harder to get back in shape after taking time off. So I, I do think he he was pretty set on Tokyo being his his last Olympics because he does also want to have uh, a more traditional career. But yeah, I mean, that's like a really good question. I think it's something that I'm sure is not even still 100% in stone because thinking of, okay, he's going to go into these Paris Olympics yeah, and, you know, talking about this being his last experience with it. I still don't know if I would, I, I personally feel like it would be hard to, to hundred percent stand by that necessarily. Um, yeah. I know also maybe there's a thing cause the next Olympics are in Los Angeles. That's also kind of a special thing. And I there's think always it, one more. <laughs> I know. So I think it's interesting. I think it also looks, you know, something too, is he's like, I, I'm not going to be playing all four years in between another Olympics. Mm. He wants to be working. So would he ever find a job where he can do both? Maybe. I think, to be honest, I think the future is uncertain. We don't even know where we're living after the Paris. So (laughs) I, I think it's still a bit uncertain, but I'm definitely supportive with, with whatever he chooses. Yeah. What's the difference for you if he's not, needing to or having to train for all four years between each Olympics. What is the difference for you at home when Luca is like on and training versus Luca is on his more traditional career path? It's actually so funny because we joke sometimes that even though he is traveling and he's at multiple practices a day with me working from home, we actually spend so much more time together. I feel like than when he was doing investment banking because he had yeah. to go into office every day and he would be there maybe till seven or so and then he would come home and then he would work more so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like we got to spend as much time together and he worked on Sundays with investment banking you're only guaranteed oh one, one day off a week so then Sunday we didn't even really get to spend together usually we can have dinner together in Sicily lunchtime lines up perfectly, or sorry, dinner time lines up perfectly with California lunchtime. So we can actually spend a bit more time together. But I will say though, probably something, uh, this is pretty funny, is the difference in cooking and groceries for when he's training is, oh. is crazy because he has to eat so much food and he always just wants like 
protein and doesn't want a lot of chicken and is very particular about what he wants to eat and just wants to eat so much food. So that's something that's definitely noticeably different. Oh yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense, but like, I'm sure there's an adjustment period when he goes from that transition to training or out of training where either you're like, Oh, we don't have enough food or like, shit, I've, I've got, we've got way too much food in this house right now. (laughs) Yes. Oh, absolutely. Or it's like, okay, you're not working out. You need to, you need to taper back a little bit. Yeah. Um, Let's reel it in. Let's reel it in. Not, not <laughs> um, it working out as much a lot by a lot. So yep. definitely less it, food is good sometimes. Yeah. So it definitely must help that you pursued an athletic career, at least through col- part of college. I mean, I think college athletics is very helpful. It helps people manage their time a little bit better, like forces a bunch of social interactions and learnings. And so do you feel like you are able to have a better kind of understanding and empathy for what Luca is trying to balance because you know the amount of effort it goes into relying on your body for a career like that? Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. I, I really think like most people that haven't played at that high of a level. And I just played two years of division one lacrosse. I never obviously went to the Olympics or anything like that, but just knowing, I don't think most people know the amount of passion and effort. You just have to have so much effort and you have to show up it's not just showing up for yourself it's showing up for your team and you can't let your team down and I think I really just understand like when he's just absolutely exhausted I completely understand it is so it's also mentally exhausting because you care about becoming better and better and it it can be really tiring trying to challenge yourself so much and wanting to be better for your team and win and just trying to put an effort. And sometimes you don't have good days where where you just don't play well and that happens. And there's that is just part of it. And I think like the number one thing that makes me so excited for him and um, that I just love the most that he gets to experience and, and that I understand because I had a team experience is just the fact that he gets to have this just amazing experience going through life with these these other guys on his team and they get to travel together and compete at the highest level together and just have the most amazing life memories that they get to have and they do it together and I just I just love team aspect and I just am so happy and that just makes me so happy that he gets to have that experience still. I'm very totally. jealous. I miss having a team and I think about it with work, but I'm, it's, it's definitely different with a sport and I'm just very glad that he gets to have that experience. Yeah. Um, there is a great interview of a Boston college basketball player, like as his, his college career is coming to a close and someone asks him like, what are you going to miss most about competing? And he gets really, really choked up and barely is able to eke out team dinners like he's like about to cry and he's like the team dinners and like it's really funny because you're like that's what you're gonna miss but if you've been an athlete you're like no that's the best time we just exhausted ourselves for like two or three hours now we're just housing food cracking jokes like having the best time that downtime and that's that's really incredible to be able to have that for so so long yes 
It, it's such a special bond that you have with them. It's so, it's so lovely. Totally. Is there a community of like water polo wives or significant others that you get to hang out with and share the experience of, oh, my husband's traveling around the world to compete or, you know, oh, we're back in season. And so my grocery bill has gone way up. Do you feel like there's a good community of significant others for you to hang out with? That's a good question. I, you know, there are some that I met from Team USA. I feel like there's not necessarily significant others, but just some really lovely families mm-hmm. that are really nice. And some of Luca's friends, and I've met a couple of the the girlfriends, and yep. they're all super lovely. But it, it's interesting just because people live all over with Team USA. No one's really yeah. in the same area. So it's not... interesting maybe you'll see them at games when they have tournaments. Like I saw um, some people in Los Angeles over the summer because they had a tournament there. But a Mm -hmm. lot of times because of how scattered it is, it's not like people are really based in the same area. Yeah. And then that's another thing too that's been interesting is living in these different countries. The Sicily team, the team president and manager have been so incredibly welcoming to me and loving and they've invited us over for happy hour they've reached out to me when luca's been out of town for team usa if i want to grab lunch i think just the community is really nice around the team but not necessarily wives or girlfriends but more of just everyone there is kind of a family that's really nice so tell me about when you go you and luca first moved to spain how did that conversation kind of go down so We just were kind of talking about, I thought it would be really amazing for a little bit because long-term we will be in the United States. Yeah. And we thought it would be nice to be by his parents for a little bit and his family. And I also wanted to try living abroad. And I really thought that he should, just with how the last Tokyo Olympics weren't the full Olympic experience, I just felt like Mm -hmm. for someone who has given their whole life to their sport and has sacrificed a lot for competing. I felt like that was, of course, an amazing accomplishment, but I don't feel like that was how he should end his career, his playing career with water polo. And with it only being three years, not four years, it was pretty awesome. So he worked for one more year and I'd say like probably six, seven months before we ended up moving, we kind of started talking about where are teams and what would that look like if, if we moved somewhere and we kind of talked about maybe some areas we would want to live or not want to live. And he had a couple different opportunities of places to go to. And one of them was in Barcelona, which I've been a couple times before. And that was my number one. I was like, yeah, please go there. That is a great city. <laughs> it really is. I just, I cannot even believe that we got to live there for a year. That was it was amazing. Yeah. And so it was just like, okay, we're probably going to go for two, two years. Yep. And it also started with, you know, making sure that I can still keep my job working abroad. And he was very considerate with, are you really going to be able to do all those hours? And so it was just a conversation of balance and knowing, you know, I might need to go home for a month just to take a time zone break to reset a little bit and things like that. And we just thought it would be a really amazing experience to kind of start our married life just to go on this 
kind of epic adventure. We moved like three weeks after we got married. So it was just a really exciting time. Yeah. That's and and kind of a time where everything looks really positive because like a big change like that can be very scary and it can have some negative undertones sometimes. But like in that setting where you've talked about it for months and months and you've both like kind of picked top cities and then you get married. So you're obviously kind of on cloud nine. Like that's such a nice way to move across the world. (laughs) It really was. And it made almost like the excitement of a wedding and having all of our people we we got married in Italy and just having all of our friends and family there because they all were visiting for like a couple days. And so there's so much excitement for a wedding. And then when the wedding goes to an end, you don't have that exciting thing. But I was over the moon excited to be also moving to Barcelona. So it was actually just a very exciting time for us. It was really fun. How, how did you talk to your work being like, Hey, so kind of a non-negotiable, I'm going to move to Spain and can we make this work? How did that conversation go? So I am blessed, so blessed working for the best company ever. And they really care about people's like personal lives. And, Mm -hmm. and I've worked there now for, I think, four or five years. Um, okay. I think I think four years. I took a, a couple month break, but then I went back to working for them. And yeah. after COVID, we were able to go fully remote. And yeah. before that, I went into the office every day. So for me, it was really amazing to have this remote experience that I definitely was not used to. And there was a couple times where me and Luca would go visit his family in Italy and I would take a week off. Mm-hmm. And then, or two weeks off. And then I would add on a week or two weeks of just working the the time there. zone there. Yeah. And I did, and I did that a couple times and, and they kind of knew this whole experience of me and Luca and they've met Luca and they're mm. excited for him too. And so I definitely proved myself that I can do the hours. So they're like, if you can do the hours, that's, it's not a concern from us. And yeah. I just, you know, there's a lot of really late nights that are really tough. But as long as they know that I I do that, they don't really have a problem with it. How do you feel like the time zones kind of impact your experience exploring this new country? First Spain, now Italy. Like, do you find that you're missing out on some of that daily culture that you wanted to experience? Or do you find that it creates a good time to explore? Definitely both. And I think my learnings from Spain is that I just was getting a little too sucked into being just really exhausted. Mm. On the weekends and stuff, I would have a normal life. But I mean, one of the things to go meet people and really experience the city is like going out to dinner during the week and going to different types of events. And I had to work always, even Friday nights, because that's Mm. my Friday. So I don't even have the Friday night. And so something that I kept in mind then taking a couple month break last summer in the US and then moving to Sicily was I wanted to make a lot better use of my time and just take advantage and I'm going to be tired no matter what. So might as well enjoy myself. And I grew up riding horses and I started riding again in Spain and it's been amazing. So now I'm leasing a horse there so I ride almost every day and I ride like first thing in the morning so it gets me up and out of bed at a very normal 
time. And I kind of have this little family of people that I get to interact with every single day at the barn and they're super lovely and nice. And yeah, and I've, I've been by myself a lot too in Sicily just because it's the year before the Olympics. So Luca also is traveling like all October as by myself, which is, you know, unique when you, when I really just have the hardest time ever learning the language, but even just going out and like on weekends by myself and with my dog to still enjoy dinner. And, and I think one of the really nice things about experiencing the culture in Sicily is that everyone is so warm and friendly. And I've met so many people from just sitting at dinner, completely minding my own business and people next to me will just be starting a conversation with me. And that's nice. Yes. It's, it's really lovely. And it's like, everyone is so kind there. Even the person that I get rotisserie chickens from at the grocery store, (laughs) the nicest person, they just are so friendly. So it makes experiencing the culture really enjoyable there. As you and Luca kind of are in the habit, I guess, of him traveling for periods of time, living in these different countries, do you ever think, oh man, going back to the US with both of us having traditional jobs, like that might be really boring. Have you thought about like, is that is that for sure what you guys want? <laughs> I know it's, it's really interesting. And it's definitely something that that comes in my mind. Um, like I was crying when I was leaving Barcelona. I was so sad to leave. And yeah, and leaving the friends and the horse that I ride, I, I will see them again in February. But I was crying because I was like, this is just yeah. such an amazing experience. And the other thing too, is we really fully embrace like the food and wine. Yeah. That whole scene. And we just go out to eat and go to drinks and like really overindulge on all the delicious, beautiful things that <laughs> are in Sicily and, and we're in Barcelona. Even being back here in the US, it's like you go out to dinner and it is so expensive and glasses so of wine are dollars. And it's just crazy. Yeah. And even like this is a little dark, but like being in big public places, sometimes in the US, yeah. I feel a little bit more on edge if something yeah. fortunate could happen where I feel very safe over there. There's just, it's, don't really have to worry about any of that. And I also, the whole Dolce Vita um, (laughs) living is just absolutely incredible. My perfect scenario would be spending like some time over there with being able to work from home, like spending summers there. And then the Mm -hmm. rest of the year, in Los Angeles or Denver, but yep. Luca's a bit more, yeah, like that's not realistic. <laughs> but it is hard though, job-wise over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the job opportunities are just so much better in the United States. So yeah. Yeah. It's the pain kind of switching a little bit. You know, you have a bunch of friends who were athletes. Your family is very familiar, at least with your athletic pursuits. Do you find that you are able to kind of lean on and get empathy and the support from your family and friends? Or do you feel like sometimes they really just don't understand the commitment you're making to the commitment that Luca has made? That's 
that's like a really interesting topic. And I think I am so blessed because pretty much all of my friends were division one athletes. Yeah. Like even my friends from home, most of them all played division one lacrosse. Oh, wow. Because we we grew up playing together. And then one of my best friends, she ended up marrying someone who also is a division one lacrosse player. And we've all known each other since high school. It's, It's just, I have the most, everyone is so into sports and cheering for Luca and really care about Luca's success. And also just checking in how I am because I am alone a good amount of times <laughs> on the other and, side of the world. <laughs> yes. And I think everyone just really is excited for both of us, but also just Luca and are really proud of him and they know him so well. And yeah. so, no, but it is really nice. Cause there's definitely people that I know that didn't have the same sports experience. Yeah. And I think that they don't really understand all the craziness and yeah sacrifices that go with it and they think it's crazy to be giving up that much time and free time to go do things like this but um yeah we're in a pretty we have a very supportive community with that that's so lucky because I feel like when you have a group of friends who understand it there's not only you know just the common ground of like okay this is what the commitment makes but it also means that as your life path might diverge from theirs, there's not this weird feeling of, oh, I wish we had that traditional path or whatever. There's like a shared understanding of, we'll all end up in the same place. We're just taking fun, different routes. Exactly. Yes. That's really lucky. Okay. And so as a land sport person, I feel like there must have been some interesting revelations about dating or being with a water sport person, whether that's like, I don't know, does Luca's hair get totally destroyed from the chlorine? Are there just weird things where you're like, I did not expect this all of the time? (laughs) Yes. There's actually a couple things. And one, his hair, when he's playing and practicing outside, like right now in Sicily, there are pools outside and it's pretty much nice year round. Yeah. And when he's in the chlorine multiple times a day and then in the sun, his hair goes, it's like starts to turn blonde almost like mm. uh, caramely. And it looks like he dyes it, <laughs> which he does not, but it looks like that. And yep. yes, he definitely very dry. He has, um, you know, interesting tan lines from yeah. his keto and things like that in Maybe not pulling it up all the way. and th- it just, It's funny. Yeah. And what what is up with all water polo players showing their butt cracks? Seriously. Like, I feel yes. like that is so yes, common. That's what, I was getting at. that's what I was getting at. I just wasn't going to say it. I, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know, but the tan line is always, like, right there. And I have no idea. And I, I've asked Luca, too, and I just I don't think he thinks anything of it. But it's, like, yeah, it's a thing. It's always showing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. And the other thing, too, that is so interesting, being um, also a land athlete, and normally, like, from your cleats, your feet get kind of, like, callousy and oh. not as smooth, things like that. Luca has, like, next level. They look like they're perfectly pedicured all the time. That's so funny. Yes. And I don't know if it's from, like, walking around on, on the pool deck and then you're in the pool for so long, so everything just... It's soft, but it's crazy. And I'm just 
I didn't yeah I didn't even think about that that is that's like it's like a daily little exfoliation I guess (laughs) yes yes it's crazy okay and so a little more water polo talk here so water polo I think back to what we said in the beginning it is a surprisingly like a aggressive sport right I mean part of it everyone's splashing everywhere so it feels chaotic do you ever worry about Luca getting seriously injured or like kind of the tensions that arise in those games yes because they there's a lot of times even coming home from practice that you can tell he has like the darkness on his eyes like he got hit in the the nose and Mm. he could just get hit in the head a lot it seems like and your nose and your lips get beat up and and he's gotten definitely stitches here and stuff but more just like with the whole everything with concussions nowadays it's just you have to be so careful about all that and they definitely get elbowed in the head a lot and stuff so just the whole concussion things are a little that's always a scary thing that shit terrifies me do you feel like his teammates his coach Luca himself take that seriously yeah I I think he's usually like I'm fine it's it's not a big deal I will say though that they have really good trainers on their Mm. team um that make sure that keeps them healthy they take pretty good care of them so I think especially now with all the science about your head and stuff I I really do feel like people are they keep they keep a close eye on it now Yeah. yeah 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 And so Luca travels a lot for the teams he's competing with. How often do you go travel with him and watch his games, matches, games, whichever? Yeah, I think you could say it either either way. Um, (laughs) I actually don't really get to go with. A lot of times he's he's traveling to places kind of all over. And sometimes that travel is during when I have work. We also have... We have a dog, so yep. we stay back with her. And he also stays with his team and, and things like that. Yep. So I yeah, usually am unfortunately not able to travel because he's going to some really unique and cool places. But yeah. I, yeah, I usually don't get to go. Which like on the one hand you wish because like it'd be sick to go to Croatia. But I have to imagine when he is traveling, it's 24-7 water polo. <laughs> Yes, it's a business trip. He's yeah. Oh, that's a nice way to frame it. Business trip, yeah. So yeah. it's it's that's how I I definitely think of it. But but still though, he was just um last week he was with Team USA. They were in Hamburg, and I've never been to Hamburg, but I guess yeah. they're very famous for their Christmas market. And <laughs> he was sending me some different videos and everything. I was like, wow, that would have been amazing to get to go there this time of year and experience it but he gets to experience it with his teammates so i'm happy for him yeah and so what we've got christmas in like four days do you normally get to spend the holidays together or does water polo kind of dictate the schedule water polo definitely dictates the schedule we've definitely spent probably more christmases apart than together Mm -hmm. Um, and we've never spent a new year's eve together either since we started dating just because he always has water polo this year we were supposed to have Christmas together in his town in Italy, but then with Team USA they found out they actually were doing this this trip up until the twenty third. So oh. and he's been gone now for like a week and a half or so. So and I didn't want to be by myself during that time. So I decided to come, to come home, but that's okay. Totally. We're 
we know it's always like a temporary thing. It's not going to be forever that we spend our holidays apart. And he's really close with his family and I'm really close with my family too. So you at least have the family feeling during the holidays. (laughs) Definitely. And thinking about like, it's not forever, but it could be for a very long time. And you guys are kind of rolling with the punches. Do you and he have specific things that you're like, regardless of whether water polo continues for another eight years, or like we move into the more traditional lifestyle after Paris, do you have some shared goals of like, this is what we want our life to look like so that you can kind of start chipping away at them? Or are those kind of just on pause until water polo winds down? I I think it's kind of waiting a little bit just because yeah. we don't even know where we're going to live. Yeah. And I think that's kind of short term. We have to kind of look at it as step by step and mm-hmm. kind of what the, the next step is. Even if he does decide to do another Olympics, he will do a more traditional type of job again for a couple of years. So mm-hmm. right now that's kind of the short term, hoping to have that figured out by early spring yep. and then we will know where we're living. So then we can kind of, okay, now what does that look like? Yep. And figure that out because I mean, we, we would like to, to if everything works out to start a family at some point, but that's not yeah. years away. Yep. And would want to be more established in a place by then, but just first things first, let's, let's figure out where we're going to be living. Is it challenging sometimes to kind of, on the one hand, that lifestyle is so fun of like, we could literally be anywhere. And like, we've already gotten to live in these two incredible places, but on the flip side, it's like, oh, my best friend or my family member is getting married and like, I have no idea where to book the flight from. I have no idea how I'm getting there. I don't know if Luca's going to be able to make it. Like, do you ever find that flip side of the coin to be really, really challenging to navigate? Definitely. Uh, One right now, one of our our friends that we've both known for a long time in, in college She's getting married this summer in Lake Como, uh, late June, and Luca doesn't really know where he's going to be then. Maybe LA. He probably can't go, so he will miss that wedding, which will be absolutely lovely. Yeah. I will be able to go, but I was even talking to my my parents about I'm at their house right now. I was like, so okay, with the dog, with all my yeah. stuff, I have to move out from Sicily, but oh do gosh. I like go to Luca's family's house for a couple weeks? But then I have all my like so much stuff and the dog yep. and I have to work the weird hours or do I buy another flight to Denver then go to Lake Como yeah. so like figuring it all out and same thing too we have another wedding one of that we know about right now in the fall and mm-hmm. we'll definitely be going but where from yep same thing too one of Luca's best friend like his best best friends got engaged and then they ended up getting married two months later like really quickly wow. planned a wedding and got married and Luca was so sad he couldn't go it was back in Newport Beach and he was traveling there was just no possible way for for him to go so it's it's just a bummer do do your friends come visit you like in Italy and Spain like often when it's one person who's making this this lifestyle you know the burden is on you to kind of come home go to all of these things do you have your family and friends coming to visit you and check out like 
this new life that you not totally new life but like you know the different worlds that you get to live in yes i'm so lucky i've i had my one of my best friends and her mom and then my mom we could do a girls time in barcelona like so fun it was so fun and then his family came to visit a couple times lucas family and then my dad came a separate time and then my brother and his friends came to visit me also in barcelona but they all spaced out like they didn't come at once so i could get more visits which was really nice and then in sicily my parents came to visit already and one of my friends he was on a trip with his family and then Uh he was like if Courtney and Luke are in Sicily like all why not go I'm already out there so he came for a couple days and hopefully hopefully we'll have more visitors Sicily's definitely much harder to get to especially where we are than Barcelona yeah (laughs) Barcelona is like so easy for people to come visit this is a bit more of a commitment to come visit yeah is is the language barrier challenging um Sometimes I would say yeah. like in Spain, everyone spoke English in yeah. Sicily, less speak English. But I will say if, if English is the language I know, I, I'm glad yeah. I don't only know something else. Yeah. English is. Amer- Americans have done a really good job of forcing everyone to learn some English. <laughs> De- definitely. I know. I know. <laughs> Yes. Oh my goodness. When Luca's traveling and competing, do you watch all of his matches? Do you kind of just hear the updates from him? Or how how do you kind of keep up with his sport? So totally depends on my work day, because a lot of times yeah. the games are during work. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes I'm able to catch like the live streams. I will do that. Or in the past, I've looked at Twitter for yeah. updates. Or sometimes just when I'm having a busy workday, he just keeps me updated. But definitely when he plays with, with Team USA, I really always try to watch because I just yeah. find that really exciting. So I, I really try to, to stream those and my family does too. I don't know if this is a totally fair question to ask, but do you feel like when, even when Luca is competing with other international teams, that the U.S. team is kind of the creme de la creme? Or is that just our perspective as Americans? <laughs> that, it, that's really funny. It's it's definitely just our perspective as Americans. And okay. <laughs> I definitely thought the same thing, like, oh, Team USA. But, and they're good. They're good. Um, yeah. And this year, they're looking really great. But yeah. So it's really interesting because in the U.S., the team is so much younger. And mm. then when you look at some of these other countries like Croatia or Hungary, um, Montenegro, some of these other yeah. countries that are good for water polo, they are older. And, and water polo is their long-term career. Interesting. Um, so it's a completely different scenario yeah and where in the u.s it's not really a long-term career yeah there's not those professional club teams that you can mm-hmm. keep playing play with. on yeah. here in europe they do that so they'll play on like the national yeah. team and then they play on those pro club teams which yeah you know decently living salary for living there and a lot of times they pay for your housing so you don't even oh. have to anything like that which is really yeah. nice so there's not anything like that in, in the U.S. In the U.S., yeah. For water polo. So it's kind of 
they can go keep living abroad and doing that. But then it's like, how do you long-term set up a base somewhere? Yeah. Do you want a family? I feel yeah. like that would be pretty hard to be traveling around and whatnot, but. Yeah, that is, it's, it's just, it's super interesting how like a professional athletic career has so much nuance into like, it's, it's not necessarily that you physically cannot play the sport anymore. It's more that like sometimes playing the sport is untenable for you building, surviving your life. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I, I know we're coming up on time here. I have like, I have two more questions for you. One, when you and Luca think about having a family, are you coming to terms with the fact that you might have a bunch of water babies and have to sit inside pools for like the rest of your life? <laughs> That's so funny. We actually are very, I think this is kind of funny is we talk about it and we're like, we kind of picked sports that long-term not the best water polo in the class. <laughs> like, we both are athletes and we have a kid yeah. that maybe has potential to be a good athlete. We're like, we need to put them in a, a more mainstream. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like maybe like golf or tennis or yeah. something like what sponsorships can we be looking at? Yeah. What <laughs> set them up for some long-term career opportunity if they want. Of yeah. course they can do whatever they want. This is a joke, but but having yeah. experienced water polo and lacrosse, you know, there are a few that get more visibility for sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. And then I will close this out here with okay. where do people watch water polo matches if they want to keep up? You can watch um, if Team USA, for example, usually on USA Water Polo, they will tell you like updates of when the next games are. Yeah. I feel like it's like a Twitter feed, a Twitter feed. Maybe they pull in and mm -hmm. they post streaming links on there. Oh, That's how I easy. always find how to watch it. Yep. Easy peasy. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for joining me. This was so fun. This was so fun. Thanks for taking the time and chatting and hearing a little bit more about water polo. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. And uh, maybe I will see you on the slopes right after Christmas. Yes, yes, hopefully see you in <laughs> Dale. That's so funny. All right. All right, I will talk to you later. All right, sounds good. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you would share it with friends and family and anyone else you know who might enjoy it. To help me continue to get better at this and get some more awesome guests, rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you're listening is hugely helpful. If you have thoughts, reasonable feedback, and or guest recommendations, you can contact me via email at hello at emilyheron.com. That's hello at E-M-I-L-Y-H-E-R-R-O-N dot com. See you next week.